All right, everyone, welcome back to Reaching Your Potential podcast. It's your girl, Amber. And in this episode, I have one of my good friends here. Fun fact, we actually met through a kettlebell community that we're both a part of. And good thing to know that he's actually also a part of the healthcare field. He's a nurse. And it's a great way to have a discussion with him because he actually understands what it's like to be involved and interested and passionate about fitness, but also being in the health field. So this is going to be a great discussion. So let's get started. everyone to welcome Cliff to the podcast. He's going to introduce himself and share some little, like a little snippet about himself. So everyone meet Cliff. What's going on? Uh, Amber, first of all, thanks for having me on. Uh, as you mentioned, we met in the uh, Kettlebell community. What? That was, did we meet at RKC? Yeah, RTC, January, January this year. Yeah, yeah, I just found out a couple months ago, you said I was struggling, struggling hard (laughs) at the (laughs) RTC. Don't worry, we all come a long way. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for me to stand on one leg, man. You know, I can can look strong with two bells in my hands, but ask me to stand on one foot, you'll see a lot of stuff. But uh, my name's Cliff. Uh, as Amber wonderfully mentioned, uh, I am a nurse. I actually work now in the telehealth side of nursing, which a lot of people are like, oh, telehealth, what is that? Hmm? You know, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. So I'm on the telehealth side, but I've also done bedside as well. Uh, I've been a nurse now for, believe it or not, uh, going on 10 years this January. Probably can't tell from the visual. Uh, but I've been, I got some miles on my body. <laughs> so I put some time into the field. I'm also, as Amber mentioned, a certified kettlebell coach. Uh, I really enjoy helping people get really, really strong with the kettlebell. Uh, if weight loss is a goal, that's something that I really like to help clients with, especially because nutrition was something that just really was revolutionary in my own personal journey with fitness and making healthy food choices. And so, yeah, so um, that's that's a little bit about me. I know we'll get into more of it, but that's just a little snippet. Awesome. Thank you again for that little snippet. So everybody have an idea of who you are and what yep. you're passionate about in terms of like your meaningful occupations, like OTs like to say. So thank I'm you. also passionate about big mugs. <laughs> so yeah, I love drinking out of big mugs. That's another passion of mine as well. <laughs> are you drinking tea? <laughs> This is tea, yeah, tea all day. I'll do nice. coffee in the morning, a little protein coffee. Rest of the day, I'm on my tea game. I feel you, I feel you. I need some tea right now too to calm down after my stressful day. <laughs> Usa. <laughs> all right, so let's get straight into it. First, the question I do have is, when did you know that you wanted to pursue a career in nursing? Yeah, so the know-how was pretty... Um, It was pretty, it wasn't anything, you know, made for the movies. Uh, It was very practical. (laughs) And so uh, just a little bit about me, right? So I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, inner city, majority black city, 
Um, my dad was a blue-collar blue worker, uh, worked for Bud Automotive Company, which is a subsidiary of Ford. He worked there for, I don't know, maybe 40 years or so. Uh, come from a family of nine to five blue-collar folks. Uh, my mom was a secretary. <clears throat> and so um, the perception or idea of becoming a nurse was never on my radar. Um, not something that I perceived. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. Uh, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, I, of course, like a lot of young Black boys, wanted to play ball. For me, that kind of stopped in seventh grade. Uh, when my seventh grade coach told me I would make the second day of trials, that was my homie, Mr. Hunt. You know, Mr. Hunt, if you're seeing this, we got problems. So Mr. Hunt, you know, used to give me love every day, hand smelling like cologne. You know, you touch your hand, you smell like cologne for three days. Mr. Hunt, good dude. Uh, but man, told me, so I'm, I'm in bad, I'm going to take you a little personal story. So I'm in basketball trials first day and I'm going hard. You know, not the most athletically inclined, kid right but absolutely love sports and this making the team was a huge deal to make the basketball team was a huge deal so first day we're doing a layup line and we're all going in the layup and he's got us doing suicides so i end up in the layup line you know throwing up <laughs> so, so Mr. yeah threw up in the layup line right so Mr. Hunt is like, yo, this right here, you see this guy right here? He going to make the team because this is the kind of effort that we need to see from my players. So I'm feeling good. I'm like, Mr. Hunt is my dude. I'm 12 years old. This is a grown man. Of course, his word is bond. Why the next day I didn't even make second day of trials? <laughs> Did, didn't even get my name up for secondary oh, no! so needless to say my dream of becoming a professional basketball player took a big hit in seventh grade for Mr. Hunt but nevertheless that was not becoming a nurse was not on the radar when I came out to New York I was working I'll fast forward I came out to New York working for a church actually in 2007 so I was coming back and forth between Ohio, Detroit, and New York. And I was working for this church, this nonprofit organization. We would go to, we work with halfway houses, uh, but a lot of our work was in the homeless shelters. And so a good friend of mine at the time, and one of my best friends, and actually a personal training client today, uh, Ron, Ron, my boy, uh, he was an ICU, neuro ICU nurse. And he had just started nursing, I think in 2006. And so he was the first person that really put, I was looking to become a firefighter, but all of that was caught up in courts at that time. And so he was the one that was the first person to put nursing on my radar. And it just made sense for a couple of reasons. One, I come to respect the profession because I was seeing it through the lens of my friend, somebody I deeply respected and subconsciously masculinized the, the profession for me because Prior to that, again, nothing again, but I saw nursing as a female profession. It's just shelter, call it whatever you want. Didn't perceive myself as a black man being a nurse, but seeing him, it was like a given. And then he told me he made a good living. <laughs> that was important, right? Um, so trying to survive in New York. And then also it lined up with what I was already doing in terms of serving I've always seen myself as somebody that serves people. 
Um, so firefighting made sense to me, saving people, you know, the work in the church was very connected to a desire to help people. So nursing felt like a really natural fit, like it checked off boxes. And, and I, I started, uh, I went back to Detroit for six months and started my application process or studying for um, the entrance exam for uh, CUNY for six months. And then it was a, it was a journey from there. My community was a mug. So. <laughs> oh, I love the, to hear the journey, honestly, because as you mentioned before, most of the times when we get into the professions we're in, we never saw it when we were younger, we were looking at, I would say the most popular thing at the time, like everybody wanted to be a basketball player or everybody wanted mm -hmm. to be a police officer. Everyone wants to be a doctor, you know, like those were like those generic careers, but I didn't know about occupational therapy until my sophomore year of college. So mm. did you, you know, know what an occupational therapist was? I had no idea what OT was until college. Mm. And mm. it kind of shows how like the lack of education of the profession yep. when I was younger and even today, people still don't know what we do. So right. um, it's just like a constant effort to just educate people on what occupational therapy is. And I'm glad that I'm in a profession where I'm all about advocating and educating people on it. But yep. I want to swing back onto what you were talking about in terms of just like nursing, because yeah. the, those three things or those three um those boxes that it checked for you you know like being yeah. first being a black male in a predominantly female profession where you as you mm -hmm. said like it seems very feminine because that's what majority that's what you see majority of are right males being nurses or nurse practitioners not necessarily a lot of males um in the profession and I actually see a good amount in my job which is nice to see mm -hmm. specifically black males that are nurses so that's nice to see that there there are they are there you know even though you may not yep. see them pretty often and then of course the money <laughs> like you have yep. to think about that why is that well. a bad thing to say <laughs> I mean like you it's know, funny somebody... I feel I feel bad saying it sometimes because nursing is supposed to be like the a profession that's removed from any type of financial incentive, right? Like right. it's supposed to be like, it's like almost saying you became a preacher to make a salary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or that's how people, that's how you feel internally, right? Like yeah. I'm supposed to just do this just because I love everybody. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> no, like we live in America and this is a capitalist society and I wish it was that way, but you got to, if you want to meet your goals, you got to be able to be, you should be well compensated for what you do. Exactly. <laughs> um, and nursing is a highly skilled profession. Yeah. And I love how you said skilled, because mm -hmm. that's the reason why you get compensated the way you get compensated. Same thing right. with any rehab therapist, uh, physical therapist, occupational therapist. Of course, we have to provide documentation as to why a patient it's supposed to continue services, but it's also supposed to show why we as the skilled clinician can do it versus a regular person. Like, exactly. You know, like yep. you always have to differentiate the two. And it's so, um, I love that you mentioned <laughs> that as well in terms of like skilled 
being a school clinician, and this is a reason why you're getting compensated the way that you are getting compensated. Facts. Oh, and then at the last part that you mentioned was just the role of serving. Like I'm the yeah. I'm the same way. Like I I'm such a giver. I am such a helper. I want to help those who are in need, and not necessarily to make them feel bad, but it's just like we just have a giving heart. And I always knew whatever profession or career I was going to be in, it was going to be in terms of serving others. So like when I was younger, I think I want, for some reason, I don't know why. In first grade, I said, I want to be a police officer. I don't know where I got that uh, from. <laughs> I cannot hey. even see myself as a police officer even now. Um, so much has changed, right? So much change, you know? Yeah. And then before I wanted to be a doctor and then a pediatrician and then like a psychologist. So like all of these are still like in the same theme of helping yep. people, you know? So exactly. I love that you mentioned that as well. Yeah, it's interesting enough. I did take the exam to become a cop. A friend of mine, uh, one of my close friends, her husband's a cop. Actually, my, my, my buddy Ron, all his brothers are cops. Um, so, <clears throat> and then I had a, people who were really pushing me toward being a cop. And like I said, at that time I was in the church. And so uh, my perception of authority was different. Um, and I, of course, I still respect the profession, but that was 2009. Okay. Like so much has changed since then. Right. And me internally, but also in the larger culture, right? Uh, so like, you know, I'm really glad that didn't work out. You know, like, just really relieved for myself um, that that didn't work out. And again, salute to all the police officers. Uh, I, you know, I respect what they do. Of course, there's there needs to be accountability. Um, and, uh, you know, anyone who knows me knows I'm about that, that accountability life. But uh, I also respect respect the profession. But very glad that uh, that it wasn't my grind it up for sure yeah no I agree in terms <laughs> of like all the different ideas or careers that I thought I was gonna be in I'm so glad I'm in the one that I'm in now like there's no regrets for yeah. where I'm at yeah. so that's also the yeah. thing to like never regret like the process or the journey too yes yes yeah and and you asked me about you know because I feel like we touched on it and I don't know where you wanted to go with it but just as far as being a black male nurse. So um, as a black male nurse, that was something that, like I said, I come from a black uh, uh, blue collar family. Um, and the circle I was in actually at that time was uh, nursing was never questioned, right? Like they just, people joke, like, oh, you're gonna be a nurse. You know, like, oh, you're gonna, you know, your patient's gonna like you, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Like, oh, you're gonna be in a tight shirt, tight scrubs, you know? And so, you know, they kid around and stuff like that. But it really wasn't until I got into the profession and started interacting with patients, started interacting with, because I worked with an organization called King, which is a men's brotherhood and it's majority black, right? So we do a lot of community work and stuff like that. So as I interacted with more young boys, interacted with more um, black men in this, in the city, it was like, I started to realize for a lot of black men, that perception of 
you know, being a male nurse is kind of feminizing or whatever. You know what I mean? And so sometimes I get the, the side eye from them or or just like the, oh, what do you, oh, word, oh, what you do? Oh, yeah, I'm a nurse. Oh, okay, that's what's up. Word, word, all right, all right, all right. You like that? All right, cool, cool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> somebody, oh, I'm a firefighter. Oh, you a firefighter. Oh, that's what's up. Oh, you saving people. You running the fire. So it was just like a total different. And it's like, wow. And so I had to deal with, you know, that perception, you know, and was I going to allow, how do, how do I educate my community about what I do? You know, how do I raise the bar, if you will, um, as opposed to, you know, taking it, taking it on or internalizing that as some kind of indictment on, on my own masculinity. Cause as a black man, that's something that we protect and, and, uh, for good reason, I think. So, so yeah. No, I, I love that you added that into the conversation because that is true. Um, some people will try to attempt to question one's masculinity based on their profession. Um, right. Even for occupational therapy, it's a predominantly female profession, but mm. there are Black OTs or male OTs out there. And right. people question that as well. It's like, oh, a male can be an OT because it's predominantly female. We mostly focus on self-care tasks, so dressing, mm -hmm. building, and bathing, and things of that nature. And it's seen as a female um, responsibility, but it is not. And as long as you said, first protect, definitely you have to protect your masculinity, but also to provide education on right. like this like this has nothing to do with like gender roles or masculinity exactly. identity. it's just like i'm a person that values the career and yep. the, the role of a nurse or a role of whatever profession you're in to help people like yep. <laughs> it's not and this is a tremendous field <laughs> Yes. This is a tremendous field. I knew nothing about it. You mentioned the OTs. You mentioned PT. Like, I didn't know what a PT was till I was a senior in college. Like, had never heard of it before, right? Like, there's nobody, like I said, blue collar, uh, don't know any men that didn't work in just like either auto industry or I think I knew an architect growing up. You know, he was like, whoa, you're an architect. Yeah. But aside from that, never was on the radar. So, education and raising the bar for men and helping them perceive themselves through me as potentially entering the, the allied health professions, whether it's as a, a nurse, PT, the same way that Ron, like I said, subconsciously opened it up for me. Right. And so, uh, so yeah, I, I hope, and that's, you know, even as a kettlebell trainer, I put that RN in my bio because, yeah. you know, I, I, that's part of, of of expanding that conversation as well. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Cliff, for no doubt this whole conversation. I definitely have to bring you back for like a second parter because Word. I know we're so short on time, but definitely right. bring you back on to talk a little bit more about like your day to day. Um, for sure life is like a telehealth nurse which we didn't even get into yet but i think this conversation is so big uh, no, we're gonna talk <laughs> I'll be about kidding, it <laughs> i'll be kidding i'll be no but i really did love this conversation because um first like for this podcast i do love to highlight 
people of color in healthcare professions or just like in life in general, but people need to understand that these are real things that we deal with. Um, some people may not understand, but having people like you come onto the podcast to highlight your personal experiences is, is very encouraging and motivational. So thank you so much again. No doubt. Appreciate you roughing through that New York City traffic <laughs> and making it happen today. I tried. Thank I you tried. for all you do in, as an OT and as an amazing trainer. See you this Saturday at Plyos and Bells. Yeah, it's gonna be dope. Right. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, <laughs> um, no doubt. Last, so, last quick thing before we end mm -hmm. off here is that if you have any projects that you're doing, if you want to share your Instagram, you know, yep. website, all this other stuff, this is your time. Absolutely, to show it off. So, yeah, of course. So, uh, Cliff Means is my name, but my IG handle is Cliff Cleans. So that should be easy for you to remember. That's for the kettlebell clean, not cleaning up, right? Kettlebell clean. So follow me at Cliff Cleans on Instagram. I've got a free Kettlebell Foundations ebook that I'm gonna be offering here. So that should be available for you guys. I don't know when this exactly will drop, but hopefully by the time this is available, uh, you'll have that free ebook available for you. And then uh, also got a 16 week program in the works. So give me a follow on Instagram and uh, so you can get, so you can be abreast of all those new exciting things I got coming. All right, thank you so much, Cliff, for all that information. You guys got his inf information. You have my information. And that's all. We will talk to you guys soon. All right. Get yourself a big mug. Change your life. <laughs> <laughs>